right, welcome everybody to the first ever and hopefully continuing theme of this episode. It's going to be the Filmalytics College Football Betting. It's week 11. Let's go ahead and let's talk some college football, what's going on between pick'em spreads, just some of the things we're looking forward to with these upcoming games tomorrow. doing all right how are you i can't complain i'm looking forward to some college football you know throw a little money on it just to add to the interest of it absolutely so again saying on that win streak matt i've i know you me and you were just talking before the episode started explain to me how in the world are you 68 and 31 right now in pickums and your challenge you got going this year so my process is a two-step process i one, it's actually three steps. One, I always do the research. I look at the college ranks, you know, who's good at defense, who's good at offense, which teams struggle against the run versus the pass, so on and so forth. So you, all that's super easy to find on, on multiple different websites. And then you just kind of got to look at the matchup. It's like, well, going into it, you know, uh, a team like, or I guess one of the first teams we're going to talk matchups here is LSU-Arkansas. I know Arkansas has one of the worst defenses in the country. Like, it's just not even funny. It's just absolutely terrible. So yeah. I'm picking LSU without even thinking, but then you want to go and look at the numbers and the numbers become a little more interesting. You know, the spread isn't that big. So as bad as Arkansas's defense is, Vegas is telling me at minus three and a half for LSU. It's like, this, is, this might be, you know, a relatively close game, closer than we think. Mm-hmm. And then there's another guy on Twitter who goes by at stats o war. Uh, his name is Parker. And he does all of these huge college sheets every week where he puts in uh, an analytical model. We get the echo rating, pass rush, uh, pass and rush EPA uh, per game for offense and defense, the matchups. He does points, uh, projected point totals uh, for each team, what the score of the game will be. So I, I use some of that stuff as well. And it just eventually, you know, kind of paints a whole picture to where I'm able to at least somewhat confidently pick a team hey well i mean that's amazing because a lot of what you just talked about for your pickums challenge is a lot of the stuff i've recently gotten more into this year as i've jumped over to college football betting myself and i mean some of those resources you mentioned about that is the things i have to look at each week so like let's go ahead and let's talk about the lsu arkansas game it opened up as a 2.5 or two and a half spread with lsu of course still favored and it has only jumped to three and a half. And a lot of the things that I keep seeing for the case of Arkansas is like, do we, do you believe that LSU is kind of in that hangover mode? They just got that big win against Bama. And that's kind of been driving the narrative I've seen all week. But everything I keep referring back to, every model, every stat, it just leads to LSU just absolutely should be, I think, closer to a seven-point favorite. I mean, do you, are you worried about LSU having that hangover after the big win? Not really, because even from a Debbie aspect, I remember, I think it was two years ago, you and me were talking about Jaden Daniels. And one of the biggest issues that you had, I remember you mentioning, you were like, this kid's 170 pounds soaking wet. Like, there is, there is no body mass to this guy whatsoever. He's the right height. He's fast. He throws the ball deep, whatever. But this guy's a toothpick. Well, he seems Extremely. to put on – he seems to have put on a little bit of weight, even though he's still relatively thin. But I, I think him transferring to this program and, you know, growing up, because I remember that piece that they did last week prior to the LSU Bama game, you know, he grew up with Bryce Young. They competed in Little League, middle school, high school, all that good stuff. So they've always trained together. So I know that they're, he wants to be able to prove himself like his buddy Bryce is at a big name program. And last week, Jaden Daniels got the better of him and I'm kind of low-key excited if he decides to declare this year I mean I'm not sure how he's going to do in the NFL but again he's like that Konami code guy that we kind of want when it comes to fantasy but as for this game no I'm not worried I think coming off that win I think that they now know that they're good and coming in against Arkansas like I said one of the worst defenses in the country they're 90 94th uh, against the pass uh, 111th against the rush they have a 99th echo rate. 
uh, 94th in points per Echol. They're 65th in field position. They're 117th in allowing third and fourth down conversions. LSU, I think Jaden Daniels is going to, you know, over 100 yards rushing, and I think LSU easy cruises here. Hey, those are all good things to say. Now, I will agree. I did have some hate on Jaden Daniels before, but also um, another one of those components besides weight was also, like, he did not handle pressure well. Well, this year, I don't know if you got the numbers right in front of you, but he's close to 70% accuracy, and, I mean, he's handling pressure great. Arkansas, I agree. They couldn't stop Liberty last week, and I just – was not expecting that. I knew they weren't great, but, you know, based off what Liberty did, that gives me a lot of hope for LSU. So, yeah, I say personally for me, I've already got them locked in three and a half. I'm looking forward to it for the Pickums. I know we're doing that Filmalytics challenge as well. Me and you both, same page when it comes to LSU. Uh, and was, not only that, but Arkansas has lost four of their last six. That is true. Yeah, like the, trend like the trending down by LSU is coming up. Hey, sometimes it just works out perfect like that. It's an easy one. Now, I'm about to say, I know some people are looking at that total over under. Um, personally, like, what do you think that final score is going to probably look like based off, you know, LSU's defense, what you like on the offense, worries with Arkansas? Did the, okay, so you have it at 62 because I saw it was 63 and a half. So it's the same. So 31 31. Uh, I'll probably take the over. Ooh, interesting. I th- yeah, because because I I think LSU easy scores thirty one, mm-hmm. but I also think Arkansas is good enough. I'm not like I'm not crazy about LSU's defense. I think you know they showed up for the Bama game, so the defense might have a letdown. But I think the team as a whole is ready. I yeah, I think I would take the over. Hey, fair enough. I'm expecting a little bit more defense from LSU. I think they're going to be able to kind of. Give Arkansas some problems. I've seen something about K.J. Jefferson uh, possibly dealing with an ankle injury again this week. So between those two things and just de- dealing with the hype, we know LSU is at six right now when it comes to the playoffs. They've got to win. They've got to be flashy to convince those voters to go a different way and put them top four, hopefully. You know, a lot of that's SEC championship too. But I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit more of an under. I think LSU handles business, you know, thinking closer 29-31 for LSU about 14 17 for arkansas uh arkansas is one in three uh in their last four games that they've been the underdog and they're zero and one in their last home game that they've been the home dog while lsu is two and two uh is the favorite on the road and they are zero and one as the away favorite so yeah and again a lot of those totals like if you go back and look at just some of the different games we've seen LSU, you know, they have been on an over kick for the past three games. Uh, Tennessee, they had as an under. Auburn, they had as an under. Arkansas, though, it's it's been consistently over. But something just tells me it's like they're not going to be as successful here. So I know that's a little contrarian. If I'm leaning toward betting, I'm just going to focus on LSU win. Let's have a good time, have some drinks while we're watching the game. But if anybody's looking at yeah. that total, I'm leaning I- under. I, but I, yeah, I, that's fair. I think LSU wins by, by more than three and a half though. I'll take that. Oh yeah. That's one I'm going to lock in. Yeah. All right. So this next game, let's go over to the big 10 real quick. Purdue at Illinois. I think we've been on the same page there. Why did you also pick Illinois just to win it? Just to win it outright. Uh, One, it's going to start with their defense. Uh, Illinois is giving up only 10 points a game. I do like their running back, Chase Brown. Uh, however, the rest of the team is kind of there. Uh, but Purdue is has been terrible the last couple of weeks. They, they've they gotten blown out by Wisconsin. They got blown out by Iowa, who's absolutely garbage. Uh, and then Illinois themselves is coming off a loss against Michigan State. But prior to that, I mean, they were playing really tough, really close games. You know, they were winning those one-possession games instead of losing them. And last week, they just happened to not make the – the one extra play needed in order to win that game. They ended up losing by eight, but I don't, I don't like the way Purdue is going. Vegas has the the spread at minus six and a half, Illinois six and three against the spread while uh, Purdue is three and six. So I just think this one, you know, Illinois looking for that bowl game, trying to stay ranked, you know, maybe even get lucky in your six kind of game. So. Yeah. 
No, I definitely agree. Illinois, I like it. Six and a half kind of worries me. I've seen that number, and I've, I like I want to go with Illinois, but you know, when I was comparing some of the matchups, I just felt more comfortable leaning with the under. Uh, they're sitting at about forty-one points right now for the total over/under, and kind of like you said, Illinois and Purdue, they've played some similar opponents. Wisconsin, Iowa, both of them. Uh, Illinois has got a similar type defense to those two opponents that Purdue's faced. Yeah, Illinois top 10 and most efficiency metrics on defense. Yeah, so like a lot of that, I just feel comfortable, more comfortable if I'm going to lock one of these games in. Take that. Oh, I was actually looking at the wrong game. 44 and a half. I mean, heck, I'm giving yourself an extra three and a half points now. Yeah. Play with that over under. Lock in the under, and let's just roll with it. Illinois is going to find a way to win this. As you said, Purdue, they seem like they love to pass a lot, but they just have not been successful recently. Now, it's interesting because even though the point total is at 44.5, the projected points for this game is Illinois 28.8 and Purdue 20.7. So analytics says this is going to be a 47-point game. Oof. I don't know if I agree with those analytics. But, but hey. e- either way, they have Illinois winning by a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I will say most of the money has actually been on Purdue when it comes to the spread. But, again, if you look at that under, 67% of the money or the bet is going toward the unders. Most of the time at this point in the season, you've seen our amateurs, like myself for the most part, like most of us have gotten out of our cash fund that we built up. And so – a lot of it's more of those sharps, those big-time guys who are putting the money in and getting real serious about it, and they've got a proven system. So I'm going to stick with the money on that one for sure. All right. Speaking of Bama earlier, let's jump over to that game. How are you feeling about Alabama the week after a loss coming in, having to face Ole Miss at Ole Miss? No, I felt pretty good last week coming out of the bye to face LSU, but I was <laughs> – Dreams come to die by you. An indigestion I was feeling or something. But um, I actually like Alabama this week, and I don't say that it's just an Alabama fan, but Ole Miss is very one-dimensional on offense. They don't have any receivers that I believe can beat any of Alabama's corners. They're not going to give them any trouble. It's a very – They don't have a quarterback that can beat any of Alabama's secondary. Jackson Dart has been extremely disappointing since transferring. Uh, Ole Miss's offense is, you know, run, 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 uh, play action. Uh, the occasional deep shot. They got two fantastic running backs in Judkins as well as Evans. So for me, I think if Alabama's rush defense, you know, Will Anderson, Dallas, you know, these guys can just step up and stop the run. They should win this game relatively comfortably because Ole Miss doesn't have that good of a defense. No, I definitely agree there. I think Ole Miss has been propped up a lot by their schedule. And like early on, you know, I was like, dude, their first four games, they're awful opponents. And yeah, they should be 4-0. But then I started buying into that Kool-Aid, man. It, it tasted good. I got a couple of bets in on Ole Miss, and they, they barely covered the spread. And so I'm kind of going back and having to relook at it now from an objective lens. Like you said, Ole Miss's strengths are just covered completely by Bama. Yep. That and- run offense, that's all they're banking on. And I think Bama's front seven can shut it down this time. Yep. Uh, Ole Miss is 96th on EPA per pass on defense. 83rd in EPA per rush on defense. Uh, and then they are 94th on early down EPA success. So first and second down running and throwing the football old miss is a bottom 20 team in the entire country. So if Gibbs and Bryce young, if they show up, if they're on their game, they're focused trying to come back. This, this honestly should be relatively easy for Alabama. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, right now I've been seeing the spread right there around 12 points. I like betting normally on saving after a loss to come back and figure it out. This this team isn't like past year teams where Bama's just been more dominant. But they're facing an opponent that's that's much weaker than a lot of people are trying to predict. So definitely I I love it. I locked in Bama with you on that one. There was no issues there. Uh I didn't really touch the total because I mean this could go a couple different ways, but I think it's pretty dominant. I will say I do know history is a little bit against me, and I've, I've got that marked down. Like, Bama has normally been two of six against the spread away. And, again, 
with this being Ole Miss. We've seen Ole Miss give him some troubles in the past, but I just don't think Ole Miss has got it this year. I think that offense is, like you said, very one-dimensional. Quinshawn Judkins, I don't even know if Zach Evans is actually playing this week. I don't, I don't know if you've been keeping up with that, but he's had some type of leg injury and hadn't really been playing too much. So mostly it's the freshman. And not a lot of freshman running backs, I feel like, are going to get one by consistently on Bama's defense. Yep. So I'll say I'm going with the Bama all the way on that one spread and just to win it outright. It's a depleted Ole Miss offense coming in against a pissed-off Alabama team. So, <laughs> Recipe for success. Yeah. All right, so which one of these games are you interested in next? Very curious here. Uh, I'd like to touch on the UCF Tulane game if we can. Because Tulane's at minus one. So Vegas thinks this is a really, really close game. Uh, Tulane is the home team favorite. is six and one this year. And then uh, UCF as the away dog, underdog, is 0-2. Now, I think what makes this game really, really interesting for Tulane, just from not even a betting aspect, is that when the college football playoffs expand to 12 teams here in the next year, two years, however long it is, a team like Tulane, when they win this kind of game, they're into the playoffs. This is a statement game for them to show the rest of the country, like, hey, you know, we're good this year. This is no joke. We're going to beat everyone on our schedule. We're going to get in the playoffs. Again, I don't know how likely it is they ever win a national title, but at least to see them in there, you know, playing as the sixth seed, the seventh seed, playing, you know, another school that might have two or three losses that made it at the bottom. It's going to be interesting. And it's a statement game for them. And UCF has been very up and down. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they lost to Cincinnati and then was it they won last week? It's just been a very up and down season for UCF, especially as of late. So I like Tulane in this game more than a point, to be honest with you. I think you know, this is a statement game for them. Yeah. And I mean, a big factor uh, factor for UCF being up and down a little bit is uh, John Rice Plumley, their starting quarterback. I mean, the dude is a the dude is basically Nick Fitzgerald to me, like a great athlete with the ball, but he's much more of a runner than he is a passer. And he's kind of been helped driving that. Now, I think their backup quarterback is a lot better when it comes to passing. I think his name's Keen or something like that. Um, he's kind of been helping keep them afloat. You know, last week they won against Memphis 35-28. Cincinnati, they were able to outlast 25-21. But yeah, kind of like you said, Tulane, I think this is the statement game they've been looking for. I believe this is actually a shot at who was going to be the actual winner of their conference as well, like an mm-hmm. early preview. So being at home, getting that, that home crowd into it, I mean, both teams are ranked, so you know it's going to be a good game when it comes to tickets and getting people in. Again, I like to follow the money in most of these matchups, situations where I don't know a ton about the team. And I'm, it's sitting here, 72% of the bets percentage-wise is going to Tulane. I also, I also misspoke. They lost against – they got blown out of the water by East Carolina, and then they beat Cincinnati. I had those reversed. But, yeah, Tulane, I mean, their last few games, I mean, they've given up 13, 28, 31, 9, and 24. But they're speaking of that 9, that was against East Carolina as well. So, like, yes, saw East Carolina blow up against uh, UCF, but then get dominated against Tulane. So, yeah, definitely when it comes to the matchups, like what bet-wise I like besides just betting for Tulane to win outright, I mean, if you're only giving me a point, a point and a half, depending on what you're looking at, yeah, I'll go Tulane anytime. And sometimes when it's that close, I generally just defer to the team with the better defense, at least on paper, because defense typically wins games. And uh, I remember last week we talked about it, Baylor and Oklahoma. It was just – I said it was going to be a close game. And it just came down, you know, one one play. I'm just like, I think Baylor makes one or two more defensive plays in Oklahoma, and they're going to escape with a win. And that's exactly what happened. So that's that's just personally the way I lean. I, I totally understand that one. I don't really want to touch the total being at 54 and a half, but I can see it just going over just because, I mean, we, we're seeing UCF give up a decent amount of points. Tulane is shutting down some people, but they are allowing, you know, a little bit of points. And being 54 and a half, you know, there's a lot of ways you can get that without getting just outright ridiculous. But yeah, I'd rather just lock in Tulane, let's, let's play, let's have fun, and just root some root for some teams you know you normally don't root for. 
So moving over from there, speaking of defense, what about Iowa State and Oklahoma State? Are we expecting a defensive shutout or just lights out offense? So this is one of the games that I've really struggled with uh, because Iowa State is really not good on offense, but they're really freaking good on defense. And Oklahoma State, I don't know what happened to them, honestly. I mean, Spencer Sanders, they started out so hot. They were a top 10 team in the country. They were blowing people out of the water. In the past couple of weeks, two or three weeks, I don't I, – I got nothing. I don't, I don't know what's happened to them. Their, their defense has been bad, but their offense is really taking a step back. They're not – doesn't seem like they're as successful through the air anymore. Um, the analytics uh, say Oklahoma State has a 54.3% win probability, while, you know, Iowa State is at 45.6. Uh, they have projected points, Oklahoma State 23 and Iowa 21 and a half. I just, to me, it just feels like I have a team in Iowa State that's really good at defense, even though I don't like anything else about them, and an Oklahoma State offense that is just trending downward at really quickly. So that's kind of why I'm leaning in the direction of Iowa State this week. Hey, you're not the only one that's confused. A lot of a lot of the betters are also confused. I mean, it's 51% of the bets going to Oklahoma State, or 49% going to Iowa State. I mean. It could go either way. Like, nobody has really got a good feel for this game. I'm sitting there seeing it out of points right now in the spread. So, I mean, it's real close to a pick em. So, again, in those situations, I'm kind of like you. I like leaning on that stronger defense. Iowa State, we know, has that. Also, Oklahoma State may not actually have Spencer Sanders at all. And we've seen if there is no Spencer Sanders, that offense just does not move very well. So, I mean, that's a great situation. You got to – newer quarterback, a quarterback that doesn't get as many reps on a short time frame, trying to prepare for a great defense like Iowa State. It's at home for Iowa State. I'm going to do Austin Proud. I'm just going to go ahead and lock in Iowa State. And Wait, it's not at Iowa State. It's at Oklahoma State. Oh, it is. Okay. Correction. I'm still going to go Iowa State either yeah. way. And yeah, I am too. But a Good call there. I was looking at the wrong column right there when I was looking at that one. And play 40, 48 and a half under. I mean, it's, it's strong defense and possibly no offense from Oklahoma State. Yeah. I'll ride that narrative all day. Yep. Agreed. So I think this gets us to the fun moment, right? I think this is the matchup now. Speaking of defenses, we're going to watch the amazing offense of Iowa take on Wisconsin at Iowa. Matt, I know me and you are actually on opposite sides on this one. Go ahead and explain why is Wisconsin, you know, supposedly going to win. This game is gross. Every part, <laughs> every part of this game is gross. I don't like. I don't like this game. Um, I felt pretty comfortable picking Wisconsin until you earlier today dropped in the Discord that you're like, I think I'm going to go with Iowa. And so I had to like double take. I circled back and I'm I'm trying to find something on why you picked <laughs> Iowa. So maybe you could. Tell me that in a minute, but I, I still don't know why. Because th- this is what I see here. I see two, well, one really, really bad offense in Iowa, like really, really bad. But yeah. their defense yeah. again is, you know, arguably one of the best in the country. Top three in the country, if not first. I can't remember where they rank right now. Then you but... have a Wisconsin offense who's not bad. That okay. uh, they're not, they're not, they're not top tier. They're not, you know, down below, but they're not bad. But their defense is also relatively good. It's not nearly as good mm-hmm. as Iowa's, but it's still pretty good. And that must be a Big Ten thing. So for me, I'm giving the edge to Wisconsin because I see a pretty good defense going up one of the prop now, no, the worst offense. Hey, hey, hey. So I don't, I just, I think in a really, really gross game, I think Wisconsin scores like just enough to beat Iowa. And then when you look at this, at the, the records, the, the betting records here, uh, Wisconsin uh, as the favorite, the series five and three and Iowa as a home dog is Oh, and one. And then it just as a general underdog they're two and two. So analytics say uh, Wisconsin wins 21, 18. I think uh, it's going to be a close game, but again, I think offense, um, Wisconsin's offense does the absolute bare minimum to win. All right. So I guess, yeah, I guess I got to explain my case. 
why in the world did I feel, you know, I, I didn't feel clean by any means picking Iowa. But in the Pick'em Challenge, there's a couple of reasons. One, everybody went Wisconsin. However. It's fair. That's it's, it's a know, very interesting strategy. It could backfire as well. It, it could easily backfire, and I could be 0-1 in that column. But I could also get a 1-0 yep. head start on a couple of y'all in there. Could pull back um, again. Yep. You know, I'll be, be on my lone island. But here's the other thing. It's, it is 0.5 as far as the spread right now. If you can find one, you might find one in some places. But like, Is it really? Yeah, it's it's point five on the app I'm looking at right the second. ESPN still has it at one and a half, but Ooh, okay, okay, so it could range a little bit right there. So <laughs> better have some things to work with. Uh, obviously, again, when I was looking at this, oh, it changed. I wanted to look at the money first. Ooh, what a change to it changed since we've been on. It's a, it's a straight pick them now. Okay, so again, from that point five, now it's just F it. It's a pick them. Yep. Nobody knows. Over under is thirty five point five. But 64% of the bets have actually been going to Iowa. So again, I'm, when I'm in Dallas, the first place I'm looking at is, okay, well, where's the money going at this point in the year? Head to head, again, it's not my favorite. Um, four out of the past five matchups have been against um, in Wisconsin's favor. But here's kind of my thought process with Iowa. Like you said, defense, not good. They're not the absolute worst, but they're in the 90s or in the hundreds in every single column, except for they don't turn the ball over. They're 11th in the country and not turning the ball over offensively. Defensively, as you've already graciously kind of laid out that part for me, like they're one of those top-tier defenses. And, I mean, every single column, they are one of the best at defensively getting stops. Uh, passing yards they're fourth in the country well it's okay you got Graham Mertz so that's not really the issue this week rushing yards Braylon Allen there's my big concern well they're seventh against the run they're first in yards per play allowed turnovers again they're in the top 50 it's only 44th but I see that working basically where field position comes into play this is a low scoring matchup you get a couple of good solid field positions you waste the clock you might not get a touchdown, but dang it, if you can get probably, you know, five field goals, I feel like the first person to 15 points is probably going to win this game. So that's, that's really interesting. You build up, you bring up field position because that's actually why one of the big reasons why I went with Wisconsin. So Wisconsin is fourth in the nation in, in field position advantage and Iowa is 50th. So it's it's like one of those things, like a really bad offense versus a relatively good Wisconsin defense. I think Wisconsin is just going to be in enough. How do I say this? In more enough more favorable positions, you know, okay. more favorable positions in order to get like the extra field goal that they need. But you bring up Iowa's defense. Um, what what would you say they were against the pass? Did you say they were fourth? Uh, Fourth is what I'm looking at right here. Okay, so, so EPA pass. per pass, they're third, which is okay. really good. EPA per rush, they're 54th. Okay, so a little bit worse, but I have a feeling like, you know, if you other than that, I mean, other than that, spot on. Load the box up and say, let's prove it. Prove you can out, like you can pass and move the ball. Preferably as a defensive coordinator, if I was in that role, that would be my goal. Working with defenses this year with my two coaches. I mean, that's, I've learned a lot from them how to work with that. Also, the other thing is Iowa is trending up. Now, let's give it credit. They did play Northwestern. So, you know, most places besides randomly Ohio State and weather game was actually scoring points against them. Uh, Purdue, they got 24 to three. We saw the quarterback uh, Spencer actually get a couple of touchdown throws, I believe in that game. And then you've got Wisconsin on the side, like I see the potential, but a lot of it, I just have a feeling it's they haven't faced anything at this level of defense since Illinois. And Illinois, they lost 10 to 34. The formula is out there. Now, whether Iowa actually knows what to do with it and actually how to do something, because I don't think they got anybody as good as Chase Brown, which is why, you know, the over-under is 35 points, Matt. I don't know if you're aware of that. It's wow. insane because you've got that at 35, and then you've got North Carolina 
and Wake Forest all the way over at 78 and a half points for their total. But I really believe Iowa is going to set themselves up in a couple of good spots if they pay attention and it's going to be a low score and they just win it by a field goal. And, you know, they are the home dogs here. They were underdogs up until about apparently 30 seconds ago when the spread changed on us. I just think the crowd gets helps add a couple points into it. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now with this one. This is, this is a weird feeling. I didn't think I was ever betting on Iowa this year, but, you know, here we are. It's a tough spot, isn't it? I, well, I kind of want to change it now. Aye. Okay. I've got another believer. Dustin's going to be oh, proud of you. No, no, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't believe. <laughs> Dustin's going to be proud of us. Let's go. We're talking about Iowa on a podcast. See, this is interesting because just two weeks ago, Wisconsin gave up 24 against Purdue. Mm-hmm. And last week, Iowa held them to three. How has Petri Dish played the past couple games? Uh, you know, typical, Good. typical Spencer, but 13, 23, better version. 192 and two last week. Let's see what it so, was. Like I said, so he did get the two touchdowns. I thought he was two touchdowns last week. Let's see what it was against Northwestern. Uh, 21 for 30, 220 and one. Okay, so he uh, take it over. You got some fun. It's kind of weird that we're leaning this way, right? I really, uh, yeah. It's it's a gross feeling. It's very gross. Uh, so I did not say this is like you know a great clean shower feeling. Like this is you crawling through, you know, some mud. Got to go clean this pipe right there below your house. It's broken. Everything's just awful. It's a bad situation, but make the best of it. And it's an even, but even if there was a spread, they're both five and four, and they're also yeah. both five and four against the spread. Both of them are in a situation to where you know they're still they're still playing for that bowl eligible game. Whoever okay. wins is now bowl eligible. I think Iowa is set up based off their schedule. I think they're set up to where if they win this and they get a little help, they can actually go into the Big Ten championship too. So. I say, I think you can look that up real quick. Just confirm that idea. But I was hearing it somewhere. As crazy enough as that sounds, Iowa might still be in the Big Ten championship. So it's interesting. I'm about to say, I I know it's a weird spot. Uh, also, I forgot it is going to be 33 degrees during the game. Roughly, it's going to be overcast, and there's going to be like 14 and a half mile per hour winds. Okay, you convinced me. So let's go. I changed my picks. I'm going. Let's with, go. I'm going with Iowa. Lot. You heard it here. <laughs> Going with Iowa. Let me let me make sure that it, it changed everywhere it needed to. Make sure you put that confidence level down all the way to one. Though. Yeah. Well, see that that was the thing is because I was looking at it and the the analytics had uh, Wisconsin at fifty nine percent. So I was I had the confidence. I had them at like eight because I was like, but now. I, I just I don't know what to do after that. Like my ten, I have LSU over Arkansas. At nine, I went Illinois over Purdue, and at eight, I have Alabama over Ole Miss. Even though I don't feel great about it, but but the others, uh, I don't know. Yeah, see the other the other big game I really like that we, we can touch on is UNC and Wake Forest. Let's, Sam, let's, let's jump into. Let's talk about all offense and no defense. Now we got North the, Carolina. If the Absolutely. earth was flat, Sam Hartman fell off of it. Because I remember we talked about this, and I was like, and I was like, it probably somehow gets picked off again. And and I was, we talked about this like two weeks ago, and I was like, dang, I really thought like Wake would win this game. I forget who they were playing. You're like, yeah, you're like, yeah, he threw six picks. Oh, it was Liberty. The, no, it was against freaking Louisville. Because I was super pumped. I was like, man, I, I feel like I got a good read on Wake, Sam Hartman. They're underrated. Louisville, let's go. Now I got freaking blown out. It was 14-13 at halftime, and there was eight turnovers in the second half and multiple pick sixes thrown by Sam Hartman. Oh, yeah. The, you're right. It, it was oh Louisville. Gosh. And then, it, yep, and I remember that. And then I was like, oh, you know, they're going to bounce back against NC State against their backup quarterback because that nope. Leary, Leary's out for, for a while or whatever. And he threw, like, four more picks in that game against – I mean, 21-30. to 30. NC State's defense is good. I just didn't think they would be able to score enough. But, I mean, when you turn the ball over four times, uh, you're giving them four extra possessions. So, yeah, yeah I mean, 
and then I, yeah, like you said, no defense. And then I, Drake May is arguably a top two quarterback in the entire country right now. So I think he lights Wake Forest on fire. I mean, there's a reason he's getting some Heisman buzz. There is going to be a forest fire. All right. So speaking of fire, so the over under, I did mention that. Is that 78 and a half? Just real quick, I don't know if you've already looked. Do you know what the past two years have looked like for these matchups? Same two teams, just the totals. See, now I'm thinking we've had Sam Howell for two years at UNC. You have. And he had Diami Brown and Downs. Newsome. And Javante and Car- Michael Carter. I don't know who Wake, Wake Forest. A.T. Perry's been there for Wake a little Forest bit. Wake Forest just loves to throw the ball everywhere. And I, they've done the same thing everywhere. So I, I, would, I would guess – I feel like I'm going to say they've both gone like over 100, but then I'm going to guess that's probably – is that right? Yeah. So last year was 58 to 55. <laughs> the year before, back in 2020, you know, was 59 to 53. And then, you know, we had the ran- random 2019 year. It was 24-18. Wake Forest was apparently really good that year. And then back in – all the way in 2015 was the other time they played, and it was 50-14. to 14. But okay, so, the past two years, over 100 apiece. Okay, so I think we take the over then. We like that because that's what history says. That's the history. same kind same kind of offenses. But why in the world – That's almost 40 points apiece. Why in the world is Wake favored by four? Thank you. Right? Like, I could not figure this out. Like, you and me are sitting here dissecting this, being like, oh, this is UNC, and the Vegas is like, I don't know. And, I mean, even the weird thing is 55% of the bets are even in favor of North Carolina. Now, I think it did open up. Let me check where did it open up at. Uh, Let me go back real quick. It opened up at a two and a half. So, like – People are betting in favor of Wake Forest after the past two weeks of what we've seen with Sam Hartman. And I have no freaking clue why I'm going with the better quarterback, North Carolina. Now, again, neither of them play defense. North Carolina is probably, you know, we were talking about there were some bad defenses we've seen up here earlier with some other matchups. Yeah, no, um, North Carolina is probably worse than any of them. So, like, Sam Hartman should get some confidence back. They're going to score a decent amount of points as well. But if I it's think a Wickham, why is it not North Carolina? So looking at the analytics here, analytics say sixty-five percent win probability for Wake, thirty-four point six for UNC, and then the point they have at forty-three to thirty-eight in favor of Wake. So uh, I think the issue here is that maybe what Vegas is seeing is that similar to. Iowa's offense, uh, the UNC defense, North Carolina's defense is the same version as Iowa's offense. They're the worst. Correct. In everything. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. They, like I said, they are one of the worst across but, the country. But they but they have the EPA per pass. They're second in the country. They have a top five passing attack in the entire country. That's so. where Wake Forest struggles is defending the pass. They're 71st. So, I mean, they're they're under average. I'm gonna and, say they're awful, but they are under average. So Wake first, Wake Forest should score. UNC should score. We take the over. We like that. Uh, Sam Hartman's making mistakes. It's unlikely yeah. that UNC gets a mistake. So yeah, favor. give me the better quarterback in Drake May, who isn't turning the ball over all the time. Right, and I mean, the matchups have been within a couple points the past couple of years. Like I said, it was 58-55 last year. The year before, it was you know 59 to 53. Maybe you want to buy an extra point. And there's some places I know that you can buy some points if you want to get for UNC. But, like, I like them just to win. So, you know, if I'm getting four or four and a half as an underdog, I'll take that any day. The over-under, I'm a little bit more iffy on. But history does say if you got to lean a direction, lean the over. This is a a really weird game. It, It feels easy picking UNC, but then, like, you look at some of the stuff and you're like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. One, does it feel like a trap game? Like for those betting, oh, Wake, it could. Does it like for those that are betting Wake Forest, seeing like that minus four, and they're being like, "Oh, this is Wake," and then it's like a trap game in favor of UNC, or is it like you and me sitting here, be like UNC clearly, and then we're like, "Oh wow, Wake showed up." I mean, I thought the past two weeks was an easy indication about Wake Forest maybe being a trap, 
when you did that against Louisville and then NC State, and I get it, slightly better defenses, but it's not like you're playing Boston College. FSU, you know, that was some good defense. I mean, I could guess you could look back on that when they won 31-21, but that was, heck, before Sam Hartman just did whatever the hell happened to him. Yeah, for me, again, I think for me it's as simple as I'll take Drake May over Hartman, who's turned the ball over so much lately. Yep. North Carolina probably gets one or two extra possessions and 14 points. You know, if they get up 14 at any point, they could stay up and win by seven. So, hey, same page on that one. Speaking of offenses, you know, we've got two more matchups. Let's hit on the the other one that has big college playoff implications, TCU at Texas. Immediate thoughts. I know me and you both lean the same way. So, like, what made you go that direction? I went Texas because I TCU scares me because they the past two games they have gotten blown out early, like down 14, 21, nothing, like in the flash, and they have played from behind way too much this year. And mm-hmm. at some at some point that's going to catch up with you. And I think Texas has the exact formula. They're going to play defense. Uh, and we're going to run the ball with the best running back or offensive player in the entire country in Bijan Robinson. Um, yeah, I mean that, that that's honestly that that's it. I don't TCU's defense isn't good. I, uh, real quick though, I would like to to give props. I forget his name to uh, the head coach of TCU. Um, they said it earlier, and I forgot, and it was just oh my. A, Dykes, Sonny Dykes. Yeah. So TCU TCU was garbage last year, like garbage. And in one offseason, they are now sitting at fourth overall in the country. I mean, that's a tip of the cap because you're not – that's not enough time to bring in all the transfers, you know, four years of recruiting to build your identity within the team. This is taking basically the same team that was crap last year, and they're now 9-0. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Nah, I mean, you won't hear me argue. I think the dude has done a phenomenal job, and he's definitely he's he's got to be a top two leading candidate for you know college coach, football coach of the year. year. Yeah, absolutely. Like I can't really think of anybody else besides you know. I don't know. Is there is there a better argument for any team actually that's turned it around like that? I mean, I know some people are really impressed with UConn, but I think I, I think it's unlikely. Good. But I think Brian Kelly has to be mentioned. I can see that. I can uh, see where uh, Josh Heupel. Heupel. I love Kansas. I'll say they've been a closet fan of theirs this year since Devin Neal. I, I, I don't know. I just love that kid. So, so, yeah. So, Vegas has this game at minus seven and a half in favor of Texas. I hate that hook. And when I say hook, I mean like that point five. <laughs> it, it screws me because it's like instead of winning by a touchdown, all right, now you got to get you, some more points. You got to find that two-point conversion, yeah. Analytics uh, say Texas 33, TCU 30. Both offenses are highly explosive ranking. TCU ranks top 20 in most passing metrics. Um, Texas offense as a whole ranks top 25, top 30 in most passing, or actually just general offensive metrics, including the rush. Uh, Texas, Texas, Texas pass defense is very weak, so I – I do like the over on this game. It's 64 right. and a it's 64 and a half is what I'm seeing right here. It might have changed. But again, I, I, I just think I think it's one of those things. I think TCU's gonna get caught at the wrong time playing from behind and Texas defense is good enough, especially that that front four is good enough that they're gonna be able to make one or two more plays than what TCU is able to withstand. Yeah, so kind of like that. For me, like it looked at Texas red zone. Um, they're actually a top 20 team defensively when it comes to red zone efficiency. And, you know, all it takes is just a couple, like one or two drives. Instead of that touchdown, there is a field goal. And again, like you said, TCU is super explosive. They can throw the ball. They can run at you. I mean, even the quarterback, Duggan, can actually move a little bit with the ball in his hands. So I'm just kind of leaning on a slightly better defense. Again, that home, home advantage. I don't want to bet seven and a half in Texas favor. 
but I think Texas can just pull it out and again the game go over. So Texas is three and one as the home favorite. TCU is zero and three as the away dog. And I mean that that definitely makes sense to me. So and plus, oh, I mean, and it's a night game in Texas. In in college game day is there tomorrow. Austin is going to be bumping. (laughs) It's always going to be a fun time over there for that kind of game. I I just think it's just one of those things. I think Texas is just going to show up. TCU's, you know, like I said, playing from behind. I think that streak kind of comes to an end. And, you know, you also brought up a good point about the playing from behind. They have also had the most luck at which quarterbacks they end up facing. And it blows my mind. Like, I think TC is a great program, but, like, you have gotten to face multiple backup quarterbacks in key matchups. And I'll exclude the Oklahoma matchup because they were already up, like, 28-3 when Dylan Gabriel got knocked out with a concussion. But every other quarterback, I mean, like, it's hey, just it's – Yeah, five, five weeks ago, I remember you and me talked about it, that this one Bean came in for Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, then they played Oklahoma State. They won by three in double overtime. Did Sanders – was, did he play that game? I think he got hurt for most of that game, some of the game. Then, then uh, the, Kansas State, Adrian Martinez was out. Yep. So, I mean, that happened. Don't so, so it seems like they've walked into every game with the starter, and yeah. the starter left, which allowed them to probably come from behind. And if had the starter stayed in, they might have not been able to do that. And again, maybe. Like, we – We've got to get props, as you said. TCU is super explosive, kind of like the Chiefs. You know, don't ever discount them. Don't count them out of a matchup. They could always storm back real fast. But I just think it's going to go one or two plays in favor. I don't have to worry about bad Quinn Ewers, hopefully. You know, it's it's not away. Quinn Ewers is much better recently at home than he is away. Not that he's been great since really the, you know, was it Red River shootout, I believe how I say that correctly since then. I mean, he's not been super great, but I don't know. I just, I lean Texas here. If you go and spread, I can still see TCU seven and a half. That feels good, but lock in the over. I'm pretty confident in that one. And I'm trying to think we, we do have one more big 12 matchup. And also, you know, you were asking about point totals earlier. There's a couple of tricks with that for me. I'm in doubt. Pac-12, Big 12, over. Big 10, under. SEC is just effing wild card. Look at who he's actually playing. Yeah. Certain SEC teams got good defenses. Certain SEC teams give up 31 or 33 to Auburn. Can't imagine who that was recently. So, yeah, let's look at the the um, Kansas State-Baylor matchup. Hmm. Why did you also go Kansas State? I thought you were going to lock in Baylor. I know we've talked about locking Baylor before, so like that surprised me to see that. Adrian Martinez has been on fire lately. That's that's literally my only reason. Uh, last week they lost a heartbreaker to Texas. The driving in for the game tying touchdown, they got sacked and the ball got knocked out of his hand. Texas ended up winning that game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, prior to that, they had the backup in. Uh, they crushed Oklahoma State 40, 48 to, to nothing. But I just it just feels like this is the game that Adrian Martinez wins. I like Baylor, but, again, they, they played, you know, shorthanded Kansas team, shorthanded Texas Tech team. Oklahoma last week, I just thought their defense was going to be better than Oklahoma, and that's more so to do with, you know, not liking Oklahoma's offense. But I don't. I think the explosiveness of of Kansas State here is going to take over. And they're only giving up 19 points a game. That does help. And, I mean, that's not like they've been playing nobodies. They did play TCU. They've played Texas Tech. they played Texas. I mean, they did play Iowa State too. But, I mean, Oklahoma State without the quarterback. So, it, it does kind of balance out where that 19 is coming from. Again, I lean Kansas State kind of like you did, but I've gone back and forth continuously on this one. I really think at the end of the day, it's just whoever has more running yards. Both defenses, that's kind of their issue right now. It's like, can they stop the run? And they hold good, 
I mean, again, you'll see Baylor ranked 39th. If I pull up to, uh, Kansas State rushing yards, they're all the way down at 70. But Baylor has an issue of teams that know how to, you know, grind it out. Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Kansas State, like those teams that can kind of grind it out more, if they can get it going far enough, they wear down that defense and it doesn't matter where they were ranked. They're giving up 170 plus yards. And it's just tough to keep winning games when you're giving up that much rushing. Yeah. So. Uh, Vegas likes this game for Baylor at minus two and a half. So they like it as a one possession game. Analytics have it as a pick them. Projected points for Kansas State is 29.5. For Baylor, it's 29.4. So they have it as, to- as a total toss up. Yeah. And that definitely makes sense. And that's one, like, if I'm going to bet it, I love the over. Like, I love the over. It's only 51 and a half. It might be up to 52 certain places. Kind of just look what you got. But either one I feel comfortable with. If, you know, you're giving me Kansas State with two and a half as the underdog, I'm not opposed to it. That's kind of where I would lean as well with the game. And, I mean, it makes sense. Even looking at the money line, since me and you think Kansas State can get the win. Let's see. Kansas State is one and one as the away dog. Baylor is three and one as the home favorite. Yeah, and I don't want to tell you look up the head-to-head matchups because you know it's definitely not in our favor for history. Uh, Baylor has won the past four matchups, and they're four out of the five. But I don't know. I'm just I'm again, leaning. I, yeah, I mean, again, for me, it's just Adrian Martinez. I've seen him play. Uh, last week and and two weeks because i know he missed a couple weeks ago two weeks so three weeks ago he just his ability to run the football is impressive he may not be like the best nfl prospect ever but for college he is electric and i just think kansas state gets finds a way to get it done plus i mean we hadn't even brought up deuce vaughn yeah deuce vaughn my gosh when it comes to college players, he is up there as one of the better ones. For his size, he has some really cool receiving ability, like sticky hands. Mm-hmm. There's like a reason why a lot of people say Darren five, five, yeah. six, five, seven. I mean, he can get up and get the ball. Yeah. And, I mean, again, I go back and forth a little bit, but the reason I've been so excited about this over is let's bring up just a couple of situations with them. Kansas State, as the underdog, 3-0 on the over. Baylor as a favorite, 4-1 on the over. So, you know, that's 7-1 right there. Over under away versus home, Kansas State 2-1, Baylor 3-1. Yet again, kind of 5-2. Like, the over under records for Kansas State's been 4-5, but Baylor is 7-2. Like, everything sets up well. If you got to go with one of these bets for those purposes, go the over. And that goes back to my rule. It's Big 12 football. They love offense. Points are going to be scored. Yep. I got a non-betting question. This is a Debbie question for you. All right. Love it. C2C. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Blake Shapin? He is not NFL talent. Okay. I don't think he's even NFL backup talent. Wow. So far. I mean, let's think about it. There's only 32 starting quarterbacks. There's only roughly 32 worthy backup quarterbacks out there and I don't even know if that's true and third string like you're not really seeing a lot of them he could be the practice squad kind of guy but I don't uh, know it doesn't he's a true sophomore this year isn't he shaping seconds yeah I think he's a second year what I'll say I have to go back and check that one that's one I don't know actually off the top of my head but for C2C purposes I have to go back and check they just, I don't know. Passing wise, I mean, they're 62nd in the country offensively. So it's not like they're just doing a ton of good. Whereas 19th, they're in rushing. No. So I've actually kind of liked Baylor's running backs a little bit more for C2C more than I would actually shape them. That's fair. Just curious. But then again, I don't have any shares, and I could be completely wrong in my first year C2C on where my actual thought projection is with him. Well, so it'll be fine. I only asked because I almost took him in you know, a couple of our Debbie drafts last year. 
and 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 I was I was hesitant, but then this year he is getting a lot of the same talk that a Will Levis is in the sense is that it's not the right system for him. The tools are there. Uh, the NFL is probably going to like him a little bit more than what maybe us fantasy analysts or some of the, the public may think. Uh, he is pretty accurate, good ball placement. It's just, I don't know. I just, it just felt like a really interesting kind of guy because he's so under the radar. And then they were talking about, like, I think it was Kirk Herbstreet said it one game and then it was, um, uh, what's it? Todd McShay mentioned it like in, in one of the games he, they were just simply talking about, like, it's just a name to watch. It's kind of flying under the radar right now. Uh, moving forward uh, when he becomes a junior next year, or if he comes back for a fourth year that, you know, he is on the radar for some of these ball clubs in the NFL. So I just, I just thought he was an interesting name because I kind of liked him last year when he came in because I didn't know who he was until he took over. I think it was in the bowl game last year. He started the bowl game last year for Baylor. And I don't know if, I don't know if they won or not, but I remember some of the throws he made like those back corner phase, the end zone. I mean, the ball placement was just absolute pristine. So I know he's really good at that, but as far as the rest of him, I just wasn't sure. So I figured I'd ask. Yeah, so he did actually take over last year back in the end of November, actually, uh, playing Kansas State, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. Now, he got a couple reps in two other games, but, I mean, I'm talking two passes, one pass, so it's not yeah. nothing noteworthy. He did go 3-0 and last year, so I can see where maybe, maybe some of the intrigue was, you know, new guy. But, like, on the season, he's – He's got 63 rushing yards on 50 attempts. So he's not like he's a dual threat, kind of like Levis yep. could be. Um, I, 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 yeah, I didn't mean that from like a physical build, but more of just like. Yeah, and he's, he's a lot smaller too, six foot 200. Yeah. I, so, I guess I don't know what the comparison I'm trying to think of is like. I can see the tools though. Kind of like I said with Levis, like I wanted to see him cut down those turnovers. Yeah. Um, Shaping this year, sitting at 13 touchdowns, six interceptions. It's two to uh, one. It's not good enough. Right. So, like, I would like to see that improve. But as you said, I mean, he's only a second-year guy. This year, I mean, he's only lost three games to BYU, which was double overtime. Kind of surprised they actually lost that game. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was doing good back then, so that kind of made sense. And then the real clunker just came out of nowhere was West Virginia. West Virginia is just not a good team this year in the Big 12, but they lost that one 43-40. Overall, though, like it just he looks like a game manager based off the stats, not really breaking down the film because I'll be honest, hadn't taken the time to really go into that one. So my opinion could change. He's one of those probably tier four, tier five guys, just a monitor. I but, yeah, I, I just thought he was an interesting name because you know when when guys like McShay or somebody else just bring his name up in conversation, you're like, okay, I guess I'll I'll look into that. Yeah, I mean it sometimes may, it, I go off, sometimes it, it, yeah. I'm Yep. Uh, Blake, uh, to me, Blake Shapin reminds me of like a less mobile but more accurate Sam Ellinger. Yeah, that that makes sense. Ellinger is a lot more mobile in college than I yeah. think some people remember. So I can see that. But like, I guess to me, I guess NFL backup with like elite ball placement skills, but that's kind of, you know, he's good for one or two games, but maybe not necessarily a guy you're like, Yes, let's roll with him. <laughs> hey, it definitely could be the case. Like, yeah, I don't know. Second year guy, we'll watch. We'll see the development. Third year, we're hoping for that really big step up. So it'll be a, definitely a name to put on the list. Uh, is there any other of these games? I know I wrote basically all of them down that you feel like we really need to hit on. No, I guess the last game that we didn't touch on in, in our 10-game pick that ESPN gave us was San Jose State and San Diego State analytics i mean san jose state is great at everything they do and san diego state is terrible at everything they do so for me on san jose state yeah big big time so i i just didn't bother looking too deeply into that one i'm just rolling with san jose state yeah again i follow the money on that one it was just not a matchup that i was super into um yeah i forgot we did bring up one more so let's let's briefly hit on it keep it you know the listeners not too long on this one how about auburn and texas a now I like Auburn in this one. As a Bama fan? Wow. Nope. I lied. (laughs) 
yeah, no, I, I do like Auburn in this game. Uh, the only reason I wanted to mention it is because they were talking about it on the local radio here in, in Alabama. And when they were talking about the Alabama Ole Miss game, the consensus was Alabama wins, but they're unsure if they cover. And then as far as the Texas A&M Auburn game goes, they were saying that Auburn wins and covers. Um, Texas A&M has been an absolute disaster this year. And Auburn is playing hard under Cadillac Williams right now. And so that's just kind of the topic I just thought was interesting because I know Auburn generally hasn't been very good at all this year. But last week, I believe, I don't remember who it was, they were down and they made like a really strong second half push and ended up winning. I remember. I was I was in misery. Oh, oh did, did they play Mississippi State? Yes, they did. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Gosh, I, actually, I, actually, I actually didn't know, so. Yeah, it was it was a rough rough game last week. Hey, state did get the win, but you know the rain started coming in and just yeah. Auburn just all of a sudden just went off that second half. I do personally lean Auburn as well. I think Texas A and M just the motivation is gone. They know they have to win out to even go to a bowl game. You've got people getting suspended, people just saying I'm done already, just quitting the team, going to the transfer portal. Haynes King and any good Haynes, but see, it's Connor Wagman playing. If I thought King played last week. He did, but that's because Wagman had the flu. Oh, Wagman's okay. supposed to be back, and so you know, I think Texas A&M takes that step back up. That's why the point spread's only like one and a half. Wagman looked good in his in his start against Ole Miss. He did, and I just I don't know. I think you know, there's some success there. Like you look at a couple things that. Mississippi State was able to do early on before the weather was a factor. But at the end of the day, I think Auburn just rooting for that coach. It's at Auburn, correct? I think so. It's I don't feel like that's such an easy place to play. So having to travel that far away, like I would lean um, Auburn if I'm also looking into that for betting purposes. Plus, you know, I'll give credit. I don't think Robbie Ashford's actually that that bad for the Auburn system that he's stuck in. He can make some play with his legs. And then when you combine that with Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter and even, you know, I think Colston's his, the freshman's name. Like there's a good situation for Auburn to just kind of control the game a little bit and, you know, fight one out for the coach. The kids are motivated. Yep. I like it. Plus, you know, Jimbo Fisher. It's never a bad thing to root against. So, overall, I feel like that's kind of all the games that I feel like me and you really want to hit on. Um, I was going to add just a couple of the other bets I have been looking at. I really like Pittsburgh this week to cover. It's been right around five, five and a half right now against Virginia. I just think they're a solid team locked in. Hopefully, Israel Abinakanda is playing, but they have the right system to control the game. And at five and a half, I don't mind taking that. If you want to buy it down, take it. Um, UCLA versus Arizona. They're at 77. I'm definitely going the over on that one. Speaking of also overs, take Oregon. Oregon's game matchup, I mean, it's just insane. They're going to have to keep going lights out, flashy, if they want to go to college playoffs. A love lean in that one. Plus, they're playing Washington. And if you know, I don't know if you know anything about Oregon's defense, but they suck at the pass, which is weird because, you know, that's all that they practice against, it feels like. But they suck at the pass. So Washington, that's what they can do with Penix, who, you know, was another one of those guys I said last year was kind of tier four, tier five. Watch him. And he's kind of showing up a little bit. I've kind of liked his system. His issue has just been injuries. It always has been. So, yeah, things like that. Uh, Penn State, I'll take minus 10 on them against Maryland. And let's see, I'm trying to think, was there any others? Oh, yes. Speaking of Big Ten defenses, I like betting on Minnesota. Take the under against Northwestern. Northwestern, I mean, you know, they had a great week last week. They can bring it up as, you know, hey, we held Ohio State to 21, but it's it's not going to be a great game. They're going to get shut down, and Minnesota's going to control the clock just like normal. So, yeah, that's kind of a couple of my other bets I'll be looking at for this week or weekend. It is a Friday, so you got some time to put it in for the game to get kicked off tomorrow. 
overall, Matt, I've, I've really enjoyed this, man. I appreciate you coming on. I think this was an awesome experience. Absolutely. We got to do this again. Oh yeah. I agree with that one. So let's watch out for us next week. We'll try and get this out probably again on Friday next week. Until then, we'll see y'all later.